All right, before we begin, let me just pray for us. Lord God, creator of all things, stir up your spirit in our hearts that we might love you more and in loving you, love all things in your creation. Amen. Um, I'm Katie, and I'm one of the pastors here. Today's gospel brings us to the end of a contentious question and answer session between Jesus and the Jewish leaders. Jesus has already answered two questions about taxes and marriage in heaven, and now he tackles a third question before he poses his own question about the identity of the promised Messiah. So the scene is set. An expert of the law steps out of the group of assembled Pharisees to ask Jesus a question about which of the approximately 613 commandments in the Torah is the greatest, or what type of commandment is the greatest. Yes, the Pharisees want to entrap Jesus, but the question they pose, while difficult, wasn't novel. There was actually an ongoing conversation among rabbis and Jewish leaders about which of the commandments were heavy and which ones were light. The question of light and heavy laws wasn't about which commandments are valid and which ones are abolished, or which ones are important and which ones aren't. It was a question of priority. When two commandments of the Torah were in conflict and you could only obey one, it was the weightier commandment that took precedent. That's why we see Jesus in the Gospels repeatedly violating the Sabbath for the sake of healing. Healing, or love of the neighbor, is the weightier commandment. And I think it's worth us hearing this, because I think, as Christians, we would love to think that the law is abolished, right? We would love to think that those 613 commandments don't weigh on us. But what Jesus says is that I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. The lighter laws were not to be neglected, but neither should the weightier ones. Jesus talks about this later in Matthew chapter 23 when he says to the Pharisees, and I'm paraphrasing here, The problem isn't that you are tithing mint, dill, and cumin, which was beyond what the law required. They weren't required to tithe herbs. But Jesus says, the problem isn't that you're going above and beyond. The problem is that you're neglecting what is actually weightier or more important in the law, which is justice and mercy and faithfulness. Going above and beyond the law is not the problem The problem is that you are not caring about the things of God that are more significant. And you're using going above and beyond on the lighter laws as an excuse for not keeping the weightier ones. The question that the Pharisees ask isn't about which laws matter and which ones don't, but over what commandment should take precedent or priority over all others. But Jesus doesn't require reply with one commandment, but two. The first is the greatest, and the second is like it, or set alongside it. Imagine 
Moses bringing down the tablets from the mountain. There's not one over the other. They're set alongside each other. The commandments to love God are set alongside the commandments to love your neighbors. In Luke's gospel, it's a lawyer who answers Jesus's question, and he actually fuses the two together. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. But Matthew keeps these separate in his gospel, which I think is an invitation for us to ask what we might learn from that. Matthew says, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. We might say that loving God is the heavier command, and in a sense, that's right. We're called to love God above everything else in creation. But, as we noted earlier, just because a command is lighter doesn't mean we can neglect it. You can't claim to love God who we cannot see if we don't love the people we can see, First John says. We are, to, are, we are God's creation, body and soul. And consequently, we demonstrate our love for God in how we use and treat the gifts of creation he's given us including other people. And yet we do try to lessen one of these two great commandments. We're not so unlike our ancestors who offered sacrifices and honored God with their lips in the temple and then hoped that God would allow them to just go on living as they pleased. The truth is we also want to enjoy our quiet time with God while we ignore the needs of our neighbors, our coworkers, our parents, you fill in the list, and just go on living quite selfishly. We might think that loving God is an inward-looking experience, and I think many of us have grown up in church communities where that was emphasized, right? There's this emphasis on you and God getting your quiet time, your time in the scriptures, and that was enough. But by linking it to the second command, Jesus reveals that love is actually practical and selfless. It always has an outward-looking component. It isn't just you and God. It is you, God, and all the creation that he's given you as a gift to give back to him. Or perhaps we focus too much on the practical aspect of love, and we claim that we can be good without God. I hear this all the time. But that just usually means doing good to those who are good to you when you can afford it. While your heart is still filled with jealousy, pride, anger, and lust. But the Christian bar for goodness is quite a bit higher. It means not just doing good when it costs you nothing, but it means doing good when it costs you everything. And it isn't just doing good, but being completely filled up every part of you with love for others. It means absolutely every thought, all the time, every desire being directed towards the love of others. Anything short of that is not goodness by the Bible's definition. 
And we believe that this selfless love for others cannot be achieved without supernatural assistance from God. But God requires our cooperation. He won't soften our hearts to love him and others unless we really want it. The way these commandments are intertwined brings to mind how the people of God were compared to a vineyard or a grapevine in scripture. And I want to invite you into that image for just a little bit. So we too are a vine. God is our anchoring and nourishing root system and our acts of love for our neighbors are the grapes. But what happens if you snap off the vine from its roots? It's no longer capable of producing the grapes for which it was made. We are like that. We cannot become good all the way through as our Heavenly Father is good unless we stay attached to him. Perhaps that vine that's been snapped off might produce grapes for a time for the animals. And perhaps we can occasionally, and we do all the time. People who are untethered from God do act lovingly towards their neighbors. But we cannot always desire the good, know what is good, and then act lovingly without God. Only his ongoing work in us can produce that kind of transformation. We need to abide in him. We need God to give us new hearts and to put his spirit within us in order to move us to follow all of his commandments. But likewise, what happens if all that remains of the vine that was meant to produce grapes is a stump? Well, the vine should probably be dug up and thrown away because it's no longer producing fruit. Our love for God is meant to produce fruit. It's meant to produce the love, love for our neighbors and for creation. And if we don't, then we're as useless as a vine that has been pruned to the ground. And so let us ask God to help us not to neglect either his weighty or his light commandments. I'm going to pray for us. God, help us to find our greatest pleasure in obeying your commandments. We long, as individuals and as a community, to be like trees planted by flowing streams. We long to produce fruit that nourishes and sustains all of our neighbors, but particularly those who are the most in need. May our leaves never fall off because we are neglecting our relationship with you. Lord God, show us where we have become lopsided. Show us where we're either not producing love for our neighbors or we're trying to fulfill the call to love our neighbors without you. Lord God, show us where we are falling short in these two aspects of love. Amen.